Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. I'm your host, Damian Mason. Here is where you will get uh, information on how to create a life and business by choice. Just like you heard in the introduction, that's right, we celebrate the self-made. Got a good show today, talking to a guy who has started 15 or more companies, primarily in the agricultural space, also technology and multimedia. His name is Rob Syak. He's been a guest with me on my agriculture, Business of Agriculture podcast. I know him because of affiliations through the Business of Agriculture. That means nothing to you, no matter what industry you're in. This is going to actually be great information you can use. Talk about a guy who's Canadian who came from an agricultural upbringing, and he started a company, then he got out of it, and then he got another company going. He just recently, meaning December 31st, closed out the final sale of his company, Agritrend, which was sold to a huge global company known as Trimble. He's my guest today. Told you a little bit about him. He's a part-time Arizonan like me. He's also a part-time uh, Albertan, and he, uh, he flies all over the world speaking and running his businesses. Rob Sayek, welcome to the show. Thanks, Damien. It's great to be on this new show. So, do business better. I tell my audiences, just like I do in my book, that they need to possess and accentuate what I call success traits. I truly believe that if you want to be successful, you better possess at some gut level risk tolerance, drive, resilience, and vision. Which do you think is the most critical of those success traits? Well, I think that uh, I'd like to comment on vision. And, and people say, you know, leaders have vision. Uh, the problem is by the time I can explain what it is that's in my head to you, it's no longer a vision. So to be able to see something before anybody else sees it is, I think, a real uh, uh, trait of, of entrepreneurs. And if I had to really uh, you know, hone things down to one, it would be resilience because being an entrepreneur is not easy and belief in oneself during the darkest of days will keep you going. So re resilience or perseverance, I think, are are the key behind that drive, and that's all working towards a vision that's in your head. Rob, let's go back to vision, because uh, in, in my book, and I use it in my speeches, that uh, I call it the uh, the ability to see stuff that others don't, you know, and really it becomes herd mentality. Most people are very comfortable doing what other people are doing. You know, the old thing about people are sheep, and I'm not going to be derogatory about the human race, but there's no question that most people do play follow the leader. And you've got it. When everybody talks about, well, we celebrate this whole thing about disrupting, disrupting. Well, visionaries are the ones that become disruptors because they see unmet needs. They see problems that can be fixed by doing something that's completely unorthodox. Yeah, and I, I don't like the word disruption. Um, I, I like the word transformation. When you, when you see something out there that's a problem in your, in your world or in your industry or whatever sector you're working in, and you can figure out a new innovative way to transform uh, what that problem is into value creation, 
that transformation lends itself to a new opportunity. I agree with you. I For the first two years that disruption was the trendy new mm-hmm. business word, I said, I don't like being disrupted. I have enough attention span issues as it is. Creative so transformation <laughs> is a hell of a lot better than creative destruction. On resilience, I actually, when people ask me, they say, hey, you've been running your own uh, business for 25 years. And I say, yeah, and I'm not sure I'm a, a serial entrepreneur like you, but I have made a, a go of it and done pretty well for myself for 25 years. They ask me, you know, about ideas. I'm like, well, creativity is hugely important. Sure, you got to be creative. I, along with you, would agree that it comes down to resilience. Uh, in my book, I quoted Rocky, and I'll do it again right here. What's he say? It ain't about how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep on going. Yeah, and true. there is no question yeah. that every person that has created their own uh, life and business, that uh, pilots their own vessel, they, they face winds, they face storms, and you get the dog turds beat out of you sometimes, but you've got to be able to get up and dust yourself up and go off and go and do it again. I agree with you. Uh, what's your strength? Risk tolerance, drive, resilience, or vision? It sounds like vision. Yeah, vision and belief in self. That's important to be confident. You know, I make the crack that these uh, millennials, uh, they get a bad rap that they're all lazy and they live with their mom and dad. I don't believe any of that's necessarily true. I mean, obviously, they got you're going to have a little bit of a personal, there's going to be a personal uh, specific thing to any uh, individual, and I don't know if you can do that by generation. But I will say the one thing, we worked really hard as a society, both in Canada, where you're from, and the United States, where I'm from, about being kinder and gentler. You know, when I was a kid, there were still fights on the school bus, and you still called fat kids fat and all that, and it it was about self-esteem. And the one thing I can say is, we might have a, a younger crop of uh, professionals right now that have a little more confidence in themselves than they've actually earned. Now, I'm not mean, I'm not, but I know, and I'm not pulling that thing if you got to earn your time, I'm saying they're really not as good as they think. Yeah, when I said belief in self, I really mean confidence in, in self, and, um, and, and that gets back to um, perseverance, self-reliance, because as a business owner, in the darkest of days, when there's no cash flow, and, and, and you're on your last credit card, and your supply line or the customer that you were counting on has just told you he's not going with you, the only person looking back at you in the mirror is yourself. And so um, at that point, uh, there is no coddling. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, there's nobody there to hug you and say it's going to be all right. It's not all right. It's up to you. To, to pick yourself up and move yourself forward. Now, that doesn't mean, Damien, that you can't ask for help. No, and also what you just pointed out, um, the, the, there's a, a book that I just uh, have been uh, checking out by Scott McCain called Iconic, and he talked about uh, entrepreneurs that have a more negative output uh, outlook actually are more successful. Now, it doesn't mean negative like I hate the world and it's going to rain and nothing good ever is going to come. No, what it really means is these people that run, run around it's all unicorns and, and rainbows are screwing themselves because that means you don't have the cognizance of, of reality. I've, I've, well, I've seen that, that, that downside potential. Yeah, so I, what? I guess my wife says, you don't need to be so, so sour. And I said, I'm not sour, but I just know that we got some problems we got to fix. And so being able to look at that, when you uh, run your own vessel, you know you have confidence in yourself because ain't nobody else going to come and do it for you, but you also have a reality, uh, a view of what things really are. You know, when I... Uh um, one of the things that I use all the time when I'm building a team is a Colby index. And the Colby index has four criteria. It has um, fact finder, follow through, quick start, and implementer. 
and I'm a 4393. I'm a quick start. And so what I do is when I get an idea, I want to drive forward very quickly with that idea. Yep. And I'm a, an extremely optimistic person. And what I've had to learn over time is that when you come back to your team and you're ready to blow the doors off with this really great idea, you have to slow down. You say, okay, what are the consequences? What, are the, what is the negative side of this change or this idea? How is it going to affect people? How is it going to affect cash flow? How is it going to affect my company? Because too often, um, people who are overly optimistic, and I'll put myself in that camp, and that's one thing I've learned over time is to slow down and a little bit and slow down and think about if we're going to make a change, it's all great. What's the other side of that change and its implications? So that's some of the stuff I've uh, note to Note to the listener here, uh, Rob has obviously done very well for himself, and uh, he just talked about being a quick start, and he's had to learn to slow himself down. One observation I have when I, we, the phone call comes in, it's somebody that says, I'd like to start my own business. i got this great idea. And then you always have these folks that you bump into. They're not quick starts that need to slow themselves down. They're already slow, they're already slow starts that think they need to just go slowly. How many times do you know I wrote an article called Rome wasn't built by people who said Rome wasn't built in a day. Because people like you and I, we go gung-ho like crazy. Like you're trying yeah, to I just started snakes. another company in November here, Advisor Pro, and I want to shrink time and space by creating a new platform to answer questions for farmers immediately. And, uh, you know, um, that idea had been percolating in my head for, for a long time. But when it came down to getting it out... I sat down with one of my staff members and I said, start, start typing. And all of this stuff just came out. And she said, like, where did that all come from? And I said, well, it's been up, it's been building for a while, but once it's down and once I'm confident that we've got something there and I show it to a few people, then I move. And, and, and uh, that, I think, that movement, that momentum is what creates the energy and, and brings people around you. Well, I agree with you. Uh, if everybody waits around until something's perfect, what they're really doing is making up excuses because they're scared and they keep saying they're working out the bugs or working out the kinks. And then those are the folks that never will actually pull the well, trigger. Well, let me, let me talk about that. Because when, when you're an entrepreneur and you have an idea, let's call it a vision, and then you want to get something done. So the vision, you want to get something done. What do you want to get done? Why do you want to do it? That's really important, having the why. And then immediately entrepreneurs will go into how do I do it? And again, I've been doing this for over 30 years. What I have learned to do at that stage is not how to do it, who to do it. So I am That's a, a big who right guy and not a how guy because, uh, let's face it, I just don't know how to do I'm not that smart. I don't know how to do all this stuff. So when I get an idea and I think it's got some traction in the marketplace, yes. uh, rather than thinking about how to do it, I automatically start thinking about who to do it. And so what I've been doing over my career is just keeping uh, an ongoing list of what I call bright eyes. And bright eyes are people that I think I can build a business around. And when I have the right idea, I'll reach out to those who's and they'll figure out how, how to do it. So it's kind of like the Rolodex, if you will, from the old days yeah. of people that you have in your mental inventory that you think to yourself, exactly. uh, I, I know this person's going to come in handy someday. What's, uh, is there a fifth trait? I said uh, risk tolerance, drive, resilience, vision. Is there a fifth thing I'm thinking of that's critical to success, entrepreneurial, or even running a business that you're not really the owner of if you're just a business leader? Is there a fifth personality trait critical to success? Well, I think that in business where we're running hard and trying to make all these analytical decisions and you got all the spreadsheets and stuff, I think that empathy 
would be something that uh, many people don't pay enough attention to, which I, I call, um, you know, the soft skills, being able to yep. think about the person on the other side of the table, and also respect for that person. In other words, respect just simply showing up on time for a meeting. I, you know, the, the, the trace to success is show up on time, do what you say, finish what you start, say please and thank you. Those are respect things, and I think it'll go a long way to create an empathy with the other person. Say, saying thanks and showing up on time aren't really traits, whereas empathy more is. <laughs> is, yes. Uh, that brings me to habits. What good habits do you possess that has helped you in business? Well, and it'll come up maybe later on, but uh, what I've been doing is I belong to a program called Strategic Coach with a guy named Dan Sullivan, and every 90 days I fly to Toronto and I review my life. And I just started my 25th year. So that's 100 consecutive flights to Toronto every quarter to review my life. And so I think that that habit of flying and reviewing my life every 90 days at Strategic Coach has been one of the most uh, important uh, factors in my success. As a business guy. It's important to say, you're not reviewing your life is not like you're you know, reviewing a, did you floss and those kinds of things. You're talking about your life as it's driven, as it's going toward the way you want it to be based on the business you create and the life you create through your business, right? Exactly. Well, I was 40 years old and I went through divorce when I was 40. And so that's a time of introspection. The year, year was 2000, coincidentally. So I started to think about my life going forward and I mapped out a uh, hundred years. So I figure I could live to 140 years based on, <laughs> on today's technology. So if you live to 140 years and you map out the next hundred years, divide that into 25 year blocks. So I literally have got 25 year blocks. And then you go into three year plans, one year plans, and then 30, 60, 90 days, which is quarterly. And what that means, Damien, is that every single quarter is 1% of 100 years. And what did you tell me when we just got done with our hike here in Arizona? Well, because we, because Rob, Rob and I are part-time Arizonans. We did our hike, and we talked about business before we came here and recorded this. And you told me, when you break it out that way, who can't make a 1% adjustment? Right. So anybody listening to this podcast right now, you got this big, hairy, audacious goal in your brand. You want to do this thing, and it's just massive. Well, can you do 1%? Can you make 1% happen or 5% happen in this quarter? And you don't have to tackle it all. Can you just move forward? And that's another thing that I like to do is every year I set out 10 critical goals so that one-year planner with 10 goals. And if I accomplish these 10 things and only these 10 things, will my life move forward in a significant manner? And the answer is yes. So Now, now here's the thing about your 1%. Well, that's good from a strategic standpoint. I, I'm kind of still a jump-off-the-cliff guy. I noticed that if I throw myself into a situation that just about I think, oh, shit, this might kill me, <laughs> it's the old jumping off the deep end. I, I learned to swim not by going and getting... Uh, really great swimming lessons at the YMCA as a little kid. I learned when I went out to a stone quarry and said, I'm tired of being a kid that can't swim and I'm embarrassed. And I said, made sure my brother was out there and I had almost drowned as a kid. So I was scared of it. But, but can God, you swim? I can swim like a fish now. <laughs> so, you know, that's another thing is that uh, uh, there's a lot of people who have uh, paralysis through analysis or they suffer from procrastination. And, you know, in business, once you're... Once you've got this thing in your mind and you want to get it done, then start moving because the world rewards momentum. And if you're sitting there in the blocks, in the blocks, in the blocks, never to never yeah. to, to, to start the race, yeah, you got um, you got you, you to gotta, you gotta move. Yeah, you got to move. You got to move. And 
What bad habit do you manage? Oh, I think the bad habit I manage is empathy. Uh, again, I, I think that's one of the traits that we need to have, and it's one of the weaknesses that I have. And I mean that in, in all parts of my life, uh, um, business and family. I, I run hard, and I yeah. often think that uh, my priorities are the highest priorities on the planet, and you kind of forget that there are all these people that are, are with you on this journey. There's a, and there's sometimes a, you sometimes you just simply overpower people that are around you. Yeah, my wife and I had a discussion two days after Christmas, at, uh, uh, and it wasn't the easiest discussion to have, but it was that very thing. You know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a hard charger, and I'm uh, and very... You've got a big personality. you got a big personality. Yeah. I'm into, obviously, the big personality comes in handy when you want to get on stages and talk for 25 years and have a career background in comedy, etc. But it also can be overpowering, and also you... Sometimes Sometimes do as you said need to manage that because uh, your your wife is sitting over here uh, a tremendously big part of the team and you're you're not necessarily paying as much attention as you should. You read, I read all the time. Yeah, and I read a lot, but I don't read as many books. I read the Wall Street Journal every day. I travel. I look at I magazines, yeah. and I need to read a couple more books than I do. I, I do read books. I just don't read one a week or anything like that that I probably should be. Uh, what's your what's what you read lately? What did you learn from? Well, I think the most important book that anybody could read right now is a book called Factfulness. Factfulness is a book that was written by Hans Rosling, who in fact passed away while he was finishing the book from pancreatic cancer, and his son and daughter-in-law finished the book. Hans Rosling runs the organization Gapminder.org. Factfulness is a book that tells you statistically the way the world is. Not the way the world that not the way the, the you think the world is. It tells you the way the world is, and the world is a hell of a lot better than we think it is. Uh, the world uh, population globally is moving significantly to a middle class anywhere in the world, um, and the statistics, whether it's uh, health, education, electricity, whether it's clean water availability around the world, is a hell of a lot better than it is. Factfulness, tied to another book that I absolutely recommend everybody read, is Abundance by Peter Diamandis. Uh, Peter's a friend of mine, and I go to Abundance 360 every year in Los Angeles and Singularity University in Mountain View, California. It's all part of that. Um, but those two books will shape your life. They will, they will change your mindset. And one of the things that I think that uh, entrepreneurs need to guard carefully is your confidence and also your mindset. So if you're exposing yourself to negative media, stop it and start looking at facts and factfulness will ground you in the way the world is, not the way the world media says it is. That's uh, actually a really good one because I, as a political comedy guy in my old days, I used to have to watch so much media. All you end up is jaded and pissed off oh, and, terrible. And, and whatnot. Yeah. And so I actually pull back and I try to be a very big observer and a consumer of data and information and, and reading and media, etc. But also, like you said, I avoid that, which is going to just be agenda. Uh, if I gave you, we're going to skip ahead here mm -hmm. because I'm talking to Rob Syke, by the way, and I do appreciate you joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast. Rob, if I gave you four more hours per week, 
How would you utilize those hours? If I could just magically create four more hours that uh, and just pull them out of the sky and give them to you, what would you do with them? Well, the first thing is I want to say everybody uses 100% of their time. You actually, you, you told me that. <laughs> that was Dan that. Sullivan. Everybody uses 100% and, of their and you time. You told me that a year ago, drinking a beer on my back porch, and you said, then the next obviously logical question is, doing what? And yeah. then I took that and I wrote an article about it and it became part of my book because, indeed, everybody uses 100%, 100 of their time. But so doing, to do what? So if I had, if I carved out uh, four hours or if we'll put it this way what I should be carving out four more hours a week on at this stage of my life especially is health I should be working on my health better so we went for a hike today and that was really cool but I really I need to drop a few pounds I'm not big big but I, I need to drop a few pounds and I need to pay attention to health because without the uh, the, the meat vehicle that we've been given to move around in, um, our brain vehicle can't do much. We've got to have this meat package moving around. It's got to be healthy. Yeah, and you know, you see some people that really, really uh, run their business and they also manage their uh, their fitness, et cetera, et cetera, and they're on top of all their games. You see some people that are running their business so well, but they're letting themselves, you know, they're, they're dragging themselves down. Last bit of advice, knowledge, personal lesson you can leave with our listeners. Just one. All progress begins with the truth. So if you're trying to move your business and your life forward, the first place where you need to start is by being absolutely brutally honest with yourself about where you're at right now. So Every 90 days, I like to start my session at Strategic Coach with all progress begins with the truth and what is the brutal truth of the situation that I am in at that point in time at the beginning of that 90-day quarter. And that may include family, it may include finances, it may include business, it may include you know relationships, whatever it is. Um, so all progress begins with the truth. So be brutally honest with yourself. Uh, and by the way, he didn't even know he was doing that plug for me because I have a book called Brutal Truth, which you can buy on Amazon and you can look me up. All right, Mr. Syke, if, if folks want to catch up with you and see what you're doing, how can they follow you, find you? What should they do? Yeah, I've got a website, uh, Robert com. So that's robertsyke.com. And on Twitter, at R-S-A-I-K at us at our sake on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being my guest. And to you, the listener, thanks for tuning in. Till next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast.